This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of 1 John. Life was manifested and we've seen and we've heard and we've touched and that's what we're talking to you about I love that see John follows his gospel account in which he wrote that his purpose for writing was that people would believe in Jesus and have life in his name and he follows that by writing this short letter in which he tells us that his purpose for writing this time was that we would have fellowship and that our joy would be full. Today, Pastor Robert begins a new series in the powerful yet little book of 1 John. We'll learn that the Apostle John wrote this epistle because he wanted Christ followers to have fellowship with God and fullness of joy. John testified to what he had seen and learned from Jesus so that we too might experience oneness with the Spirit. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert with part one of today's message in the book of 1 John. We're beginning a new series of studies today in a book that's been a favorite of both scholars and students for centuries. It was written by the disciple who referred to himself as the one whom Jesus loved, the one to whom Jesus entrusted the privilege and duty of of caring for Mary in her old age. And he wrote this only about 35 to 45 years after the crucifixion. To me, that's, I don't know, it's profound to consider the the fact, because I mean, you know, I came here, um, September will be 31 years. You know, I remember all of it, you know, everything that happened like it was yesterday. You know, what Miami International Airport smelled like on September the 23rd, 1985. You know, just how unpleasant an experience it was to arrive in that underground tunnel with all the diesel fumes and the humidity, and, and it was overwhelming to me. And, and to, to realize that that was not nearly so traumatic as what the Apostle John experienced when this one in, in whom he had placed his, his hopes and his dreams, I, you know, we thought you were the, you know, we thought he was the Messiah. And they nailed him to a cross and killed him. That's a trauma that you never get over. Even, even when you realize, wait a minute, he didn't stay dead and he is the Messiah. We just got some of the details confused. Now, he remembered it all, and he's writing about it now, three or four decades later. You know, critics always argue that we don't know for sure who wrote the New Testament or when they wrote it, but those same critics accept without argument other historical books 
which have far less evidence of authenticity backing up their accounts. Before we look at John's introduction today, I want to give you just a few examples of what I'm talking about. Caesar's first-hand account of the Gallic Wars has only 10 manuscripts still in existence. And they're dated 1,000 years after the events that they supposedly describe. Tacitus Greek history has 20 manuscripts, but it's also dated 1,000 years after the events that it describes. Yet nobody seriously questions whether or not the Gallic Wars occurred or whether or not Tacitus' accounts of Greek history are, are accurate. The Bible has more than 24,000 surviving New Testament manuscripts. And they were written between 25 and 150 years of, of the actual events. Just like this one. Some were written earlier than, than 1 John. And you know, I heard a thing just last week that really got my attention. It was one of the radio programs, Phyllis Slafly or whatever her name is, I think. And I just happened to catch a piece of of this radio broadcast, and she was talking about the fact that, you know, a lot of times people, as we talk to them about the Bible, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't really believe the Bible. It's like, what do you do if they, don't, if they don't believe the Bible? You know, if they don't believe that the Word of God is the Word of God, and he said, well, first of all, I never start out there. I never start out with the argument that this is the inspired Word of God. I, I start out with skeptics simply approaching it as it's a historical document. The Bible is, in part, a history book. And if you consider the fact that we, we accept without argument these other, and I could go on, there are several more examples that could be given, that there's no big argument about whether or not these things happened or whether or not it was actually Caesar who wrote this. or It's, it's sort of accepted fact by historians. But... They want to argue that, well, probably wasn't actually John who wrote this. It was, somebody else probably wrote this, uh, you know, a thousand years later or whatever, but, it, but it's, it's actually verifiable. It's, it's pretty well proven that almost all of the New Testament was written within the lifetime of witnesses to the events that it describes. Just using the same approach, like I always tell my law enforcement friends, if you will approach Christianity and the Bible the same way you approach any other investigation you've ever done in your life, you'll end up a Christian. Just approach it without bias. Just take a look at the claims and you'll arrive at the same conclusion I did. As I said a moment ago, John wrote this only about 35 to 45 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus. And I just want us to look at his introduction today. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. 
you know, m- most of you have been with us for a while, you know, we just kind of go through the Bible chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This, this is sort of a unique study because in the introduction, I was looking at it, and to be honest, I've been praying for a couple of weeks. Lord, how do you want me to, how do you want me to approach this? You know, what, what do you want me to focus on in this opening chapter of First John? And I, and I looked at it, and it's like, wow, this, the life was manifested. And we've seen, and we've heard, and we've touched And that's what we're talking to you about. I love that. See, John follows his gospel account in which he wrote that his purpose for writing was that people would believe in Jesus and have life in his name. And he follows that by writing this short letter in which he tells us that his purpose for writing this time was that we would have fellowship and that our joy would be full. Now, lately I've been really enjoying watching several video lectures by a man named Dr. John Lennox. Some of you have heard of him, I'm sure. Dr. Lennox is a professor of mathematics at Oxford University in England, and he lectures all over the world. He's a scientist, but he also lectures extensively on subjects related to his Christian faith. One of the lectures that I watched recently, he pointed out that John's gospel is a book of signs. It's a book of evidences, in other words. The first sign or evidence being when Jesus turned water to wine at the wedding feast in Cana. The famous atheist Richard Dawkins challenged him on that belief during a debate. He started, I watched the first part of the debate and he started, he's like, we all know Dr. Lennox. You know, he actually believes that Jesus took water, H2O, and he put tannins in it, and he gave it, you know, fermentation, and, 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 and turned it into really good wine. And he's, you know, like, how absurd to believe something like that. And then Dr. Lennox, when it was his turn to give his opening statement, he basically said, well, since Jesus created water, it really wasn't that big a deal for him to make wine out of it. <laughs> the result of what the disciples witnessed with their own eyes was that they believed. What's the point? Well, faith in Jesus Christ is not a blind faith. It's a faith which has for its foundation a wealth of different signs and evidences. This introduction in First John chapter 1 is a perfect example of that fact. John says what we saw, what we heard, and the part that really, to be honest, just really grabs my heart, he says what we handled of the word of life. That's what we declare to you. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain. The name of our broadcast is our goal for this ministry, to keep the main thing the main thing, Jesus Christ crucified, glorified, and honored as we study and apply His Word. Maybe you're listening right now in Miami-Dade County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9.30, 11, and 12.30. Then again at 7.30 p.m. on Sunday nights. For more information, call us at 305-531-2730. 
or log on to MainThingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Thanks, Tracy. At our website, you'll find today's broadcast to listen to or download. Also, we encourage you to prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. With a gift of any amount, we will send you an MP3 CD of the entire book of 1 John. A secure option for you to give has been provided via PayPal. That's all available at MainThingRadio.com. Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Mark your Bibles in the book of 1 John and join us next time here on Main Thing Radio.